The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is brought to you by ITO Coaching and Performance. You can find them at itlcoaching.com. ITO Coaching and Performance exists to build a community of athletes set on reaching goals and serving the community. They have a passion for helping people achieve their goals and dreams. ITO coaches are real people with phones, emails, and the desire to spend time with you during your training. They are vested in ITL athletes. ITL takes a communal approach to coaching, so there's always someone available to answer questions and to help adjust the training schedule. An ITL coach will be glad to meet with you to chat about your goals and find the best plan to help you meet those goals. Again, their website is itlcoaching.com. The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by Blue Pineapple Travel. Blue Pineapple Travel can be found at bluepineappletravel.com. Blue Pineapple Travel are experienced travel agents who help you design the perfect trip. They are all well-traveled and knowledgeable, and they will be your advocates from start to finish. The agents at Blue Pineapple Travel love to help people plan their travel. Their goal is to match you with the trip that you want. Whether you're looking for relaxation or adventure, traveling solo or with a group, inside the U.S. or abroad, they are there to match you to the trip for you. Blue Pineapple Travel will help you curate all of the travel information out there to create the exact vacation that you want. Again, their website is bluepineappletravel.com. And finally, the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is brought to you by SlayRx. You can find them at www.slayrx.com. SlayRx is a sports nutrition company that makes products for athletes, team sports, and anyone that trains or works outdoors. SlayRx was founded by an endurance athlete and University of Georgia food scientist who was unhappy with the choices he was offered on course in long course triathlons. He started making his own mixes, and now you can enjoy those same mixes. SlayRx offers differing levels of electrolytes in their hydration products, and you can get them with or without calories. You can either take their online test at SlayerX.com or you can be tested in their laboratory to determine the exact amount of liquid and electrolytes that you need to be consuming while racing. In addition to hydration products, SlayerX offers fueling products like their product Diesel, which is available with or without the optimum level of caffeine that is scientifically proven to legally enhance performance while limiting GI upset and diuretic impact. If you're looking for alternative gels, try SlayerX Spark Plug, a Pop Rocks-like powder that combines the same electrolytes that are in their other products, encapsulated caffeine, and quickly absorbed carbohydrates. It comes in a plastic tube so it can be carried while running, and it will work to enhance and fuel your alertness, general happiness, and performance. Remember, tell them the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast sent you by using the coupon code PLEASANT2020 at checkout on their website, and you'll get 10% off anything you purchase there. That's SlayerX.com, Pleasant2020. Test, don't guess, with SlayerX. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast possible. Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast brought to you by ITL Coaching and Performance, Blue Pineapple Travel Land, Slayer X. My name is George Darden. I'm an endurance athlete and coach here in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a father of twin boys. I'm a college professor and I've been doing endurance sports for 30 years. My name is Michelle Frank. I'm also an endurance athlete here in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a mom to three girls and I work full time as a CPA. Right on. Uh, and we have with us not one, but two extremely special guests that I'm psyched that we have with us tonight on our Zoom call. Uh, Michelle, tell us who our first guest is. Sure. So this is my friend, Dara. She is a extremely accomplished multi-time marathoner, sub three hours. She has three children, is a lawyer by trade. And typically we pass each other running in the dead of night, you know, four or 5 a.m. Um, and we brought her on the show just to talk a little bit about her history with the marathon and Boston Marathon in particular. Right on, right on. Dara, th- welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited and, to be here. And Dara, this was how many Boston marathons for you? 
This was going to be number 10. 2020 is number 10. Okay. Okay. And so this was, this was going to be your big streak landmark year, right? Yeah, I was not originally a streaker. Um, I think the Boston Marathon, I should go back and double check, but I think it was my third marathon. Um, I ran my first first, um, just because I thought I should go ahead and run one and I qualified. And everyone I knew who was a smarter runner than me said, well, you have to go run Boston. (laughs) Um, And so I did. um, And it was rough. (laughs) So I ran my first Boston in, I guess, 2011. Um, And it was, I think that was the year of the tailwind, maybe the infamous tailwind. I can't remember. Um, But it was, um, it was a beautiful day. But as most first time Boston marathoners uh, experience, it was it was a tough day for me. I didn't quite hit my goal, but it turned out okay. And I said, Okay, maybe I'll go back next year and try it again. Mm -hmm. Um, So I tried again in 2012. uh, 2012 2012 was the year of the heat wave. I think we started in the 80s. I should have stopped at 2011 because 2012 was rough. (laughs) 2012, I actually tried to quit. Um, I was a very novice marathoner. I had already thrown my goal time out the window. I didn't know to conserve and start slow. Um, And I just, I wasn't really sure I understood the point in finishing. And luckily I did ultimately finish that marathon. And I came back in 2013 with Michelle as my roommate. Yeah, Um, I will say uh, that by 2013, (laughs) she had the Boston Marathon nailed we did a course tour. I almost negative split the course. I ran a PR. She's sort of my good luck marathon charm. So um, <laughs> if I want a PR marathon, I have to room with Dara. It's just that's right. Thing. So, so. Michelle and Michelle taught me how to properly fangirl a marathon uh, <laughs> yes. because we thoroughly did at 2013, and it was amazing right up until the tragic events at the finish line. Um, and I actually had a phenomenal race. Third time's a charm. I felt like I mastered that course and I was done. Um, and then with what <laughs> happened at the finish line, it was really traumatizing. It was really emotional. And at that point, I vowed to run every Boston Marathon I could from that point forward. So uh, 2020 was going to be number 10. Okay. Okay. Very good. Very good. Our other special guest that we have with us is Eric Letvetter. And uh, Eric's a very accomplished person. In addition to having a degree from Georgia Tech, he's an architect. Um, he has undoubtedly the best background that any of us have going on right now. He has the, uh, the Boston Marathon starting line background uh, going on in his Zoom here. Um, but Eric, uh, you had disqualified for your first Boston Marathon. Uh, Eric and I ran the, uh, the Flying Pig Marathon together in 2019. Um, and uh, he ran a qualifying time there and uh, was getting ready to, to line up for his first Boston Marathon. Uh, is that right, Eric? That's correct. So welcome. We're glad you're here, man. Um, uh, Excited to be here. Now, now, the Flying Pig Marathon, it wasn't your first marathon, though. It was close. It, though. Was, it was not. It was the first marathon that I actually sort of, I'd say, raced. Mm-hmm. So my first marathon I took on as the Dopey Challenge. Uh, you've had a couple of people talk about that. But for, mm-hmm. those, of the, for those that don't know, it's a 5K on Thursday, a 10K on Friday, a half marathon on Saturday, and a marathon on Sunday. And so that was my first, that was my first marathon experience. It was really just to sort of see, see if I could do a marathon. So I'm not super uh, adept at this whole long distance endurance stuff. So it was a, sort of a curiosity for me. And uh, that was a, after being with ITL for about a year. So I've been surrounded by marathoners and I thought, well, let's, let's see, let's see if I could, let's see if I could do that. And so, um, I, my coach had encouraged me to run Boston <clears throat> or to chase Boston, um, because he, he looked at numbers and said I could do it. And I said, 
no, that means I have to run two marathons. I have to qualify and then I have to actually run Boston again. And, and that was actually at a time when uh, I had decided to run Marine Corps Marathon with Cal Peace Foundation and actually push another human for a marathon. So, so my marathons before Flying Pig had never been really about, you know, getting into Boston and that, that wasn't really a thing. And then in, in 2019, had a really good winter training session. Um, and, and I was going from a four hour plus marathon to what I would have needed in my age group as a, as a 320. So we're talking about shaving 45 minutes off of a marathon time to just to get my application in. And that was a, that was a sort of a, a mentally daunting issue for me. To say, yeah. To say the least 45 minutes. To say the least, right? <laughs> and so that March of 19, I had, I had a really good race up in Barrie. It was cold. Uh, it rained on us a little bit. It was kind of a tough day, but you know, I felt good. And so uh, it was about a week after that, that I had reached out to, to, to coach and said, Hey, um, you know, I think I could, I think I want to, I think I want to shoot for Boston. Mm-hmm. And so we looked at something and just knowing that I don't do so well in the heat, I wanted to get it done. Uh, I wanted a spring marathon and, and I looked at about three or four of them and, and flying pig was one. And, and the fact that George, you were there was, was actually a, a boon to have familiar face and, you know, someone else there. And there were two other ITL athletes there. So it seemed like a good fit. Um, I don't know that I would recommend that course uh, to try and chase a BQ out of. Um, it's a pretty tough course. But um, I, had a, I had a good day. We, we, we did it, you know, as planned. So the goal was, you know, the goal was to get under 320. I landed just under 318. Um, we talked about the possibility of trying to chase a 315 because I really wanted that sort of guaranteed shot or that sort of, that sort of early entry. And, um, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't the plan. And so... So I just ran, I ran what I could to try and try and stay under three, 320. So that's, that's how I got in and I did you it did. and it was, it felt so, it felt so good. Yeah. You know, and I know that's, that's, that's super rare to probably try and, you know, get really get it your first time, but you know, I'm also older enough. So I get a little bit of a time bonus. <laughs> some of the other people. No, me have. too, man. Me too. Me too. Very good. You don't need it, George. So uh, now, Michelle, um, M- Michelle, you and I, since we're, we're regulars on the podcast here, we've talked a little bit about our, our roads to Boston a little bit, but, but recap yours for us real quick here, um, because yeah. there, there's, some, there's some overlap not only with you and Dara, but also some overlap with you and Eric, too. Sure. Um, I ran Boston in 2013, and I was super content with my time. It was a PR then. I uh, ended up having my third child the next year and then uh, finished... Uh, I'd gone back to school. So I just took a few years to kind of get back into shape. Um, I had tried a few times to qualify and I had first tried in LA in 2016 and um, actually ran a qualifying time, but I had a problem, a date problem with the next April. And then it just took another two tries and a DNF and then went out to California International Marathon in 2018. Um, After having aimed to run Chicago that fall and I got sick with E. coli I was really sick. And Dara was like, well, just come to California. Like I've got a hotel room, get a plane <laughs> ticket. I mean, she bought me a set of sheets cause I was super sick and like I needed, <laughs> had to keep changing my sheets in my bedroom and it was driving me crazy. So I just, she had it all planned. I followed her there. We revamped the training. I ran Chicago as a training run and 
um, had a great race there. So I have not run a marathon since December, 2018. I was super excited to be able to run in April, um, was super committed to running the race in September. If they, you know, kept the race in September, even though I never actually believed that it was going to happen once they postponed it. Um, and I'm a bit relieved now that, uh, it was canceled. Because yeah. you're hurting a little bit. Say. Um, thanks, George. <laughs> well, we have to explain why you would say you're relieved that, it, that, that it's been. I'm actually there. relieved because we had this great span of like, you know, 40, 48, 52 degree mornings all the way into mid-May. And then it got hot. Okay. And then it yeah. was just this reminder of how mm-hmm. horribly gruesome it would be to train and have to be ready for a marathon the second week in September. So, for sure. Um, and just the unknown, I think, are they going to announce it? Aren't they, you know, what is my summer going to look like? It affects family vacations, all sorts of things that I would put on the back burner if I wanted to be ready for a long run every weekend and stuff like that. So I think it was more, uh, yeah, relief and yeah, I'm hurting a little bit. So, okay. Yeah. It was more just the certainty. I think that you, that, that you yeah, really don't wanted. do well with uncertainty. Yeah, 100%. for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah, I get that. I get that. So for me, so I ran Boston way back in 2000. And so, so, uh, I actually, I have a Boston finisher medal someplace. Um, but, uh, but, but I actually have it on my, my Abbott world marathon major profile. I have Boston 2000 on there, um, uh, along with Chicago and New York, but, I was supposed to run it this year only about six weeks after the, the Tokyo Marathon. I was actually supposed to run it back in 2018, and I was injured then, um, uh, had a torn Achilles, um, and then uh, was supposed to run it here in 2020, and I thought it was going to be kind of cool how, you know, 2000 and 2020, and I was like, hey, maybe I'll run it again in 2040, um, and, and it was just not to be. Um, and so, of course, it was put off in April, um, it was, uh, and now it's been converted to a virtual race in September, so... Um, so to kind of recap real quickly, I mentioned this in a cold open last week that, that, uh, we all, all four of us, so all four of whom were planning to run it, um, uh, in, in 2020, um, all four of us got an email that said that, that the race has been converted to a virtual race. Um, and that all of our qualifying times that we use to get in for 2020, um, are now going to be valid for getting in, in 2021. Um, and if you do the virtual race, you'll get a t-shirt and you'll get a finisher's medal and you'll get to take part in a virtual expo, which means that they'll have a bunch of, uh, so that you can go online and, and, and watch and take part in and all that sort of thing. Um, and they also notably said, and we'll follow up with more details later on. <laughs> they haven't quite followed up with all those more details later on. Um, uh, and so, so we don't have quite all the details just yet. And, and I insist there's still probably going to be some things they're going to be tweaking here. Um, and, and so there's still a few unanswered questions, but also notably they, they didn't say you're going to be able to get in in 2021. Um, there was no guarantee like there was for Tokyo. Um, and, and like there have been for other, other marathons in the past that you were actually going to be able to get in, in the future. And so, uh, everybody who was, was planning to line up in 2020, including all four of us, um, there's no guarantee necessarily that we're going to be able to, to get in, in, in 2021. Um, so, uh, Dara. Let's start with you. Sure. <laughs> um, so, so what kind of, how are you left feeling about it, Dara? I mean, this was supposed to be number 10 for you. Um, and, and like you said, you wanted to kind of run all the Boston's you could. And so you're still going to be able to run all the Boston's you can. It's just, there's going to be this, this break in it, but everybody's going to yeah. have a break. So, I mean, kind of, where are you? Yeah, I, I think, I forget what day it was this year. Is it April 15th or April 17th? Yeah, it moves a little bit every year. Whatever that day was, April 20th, 20th. whatever. Marathon Monday this year was a really hard day for me. Mm. Like there was so much FOMO 
even though I know it, I knew it wasn't happening, I knew what should be happening that day. I knew what should be happening all weekend, but particularly that day, I thought was really hard. I watched, I watched, they, I think one of the, the Olympic channel was showing all the old races, which was cool because mm -hmm. I never get to see those since I'm always running. So that was awesome. But I kind of took that day to, to mourn a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and I hadn't really given it a whole lot of thought to, is it or isn't it going to happen in September? I wasn't yet training. I had already suspended my training um, from the April 20th date. And I just wasn't thinking about it from there because I feel like April 20th was just such a sad day for me um, that I didn't spend a lot of time thinking about the September date. Um, I was ready to do it. I was ready to go show up. I didn't know what that would mean. I didn't know what kind of weather we'd have in September. I knew it was going to be a long, hot summer. Um, but I think I really stopped thinking about it after April 20th. Mm -hmm. And you just never really checked back into it mentally? Not really. I hadn't mm -hmm. yet. Not until I was going to start training again. So, um, you know, dialed back the training and we just hadn't started back up again. So mm -hmm. I, I didn't check right into it. Um, and then on seeing the cancellation, I probably am still processing um, because my reaction wasn't, it wasn't nearly as extreme as the way I felt on April 20th. Um, but the one thing that really sticks with me in listening to Michelle talk about being relieved is the idea of running a marathon <laughs> in the South in the first week of September is, um, not appealing to me, even mm -hmm. if it's not a fast run, like, you mean doing a virtual gonna be run? Hard. You mean, yeah, you mean, the virtual okay. run. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, just going out and running a marathon, whether by myself or supported or whatever it's going to be. Like Atlanta is not going to offer us a good day for that. <laughs> I just, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, so, you know, apart from missing all of the fun of Boston, that in and of itself is not particularly appealing to me. You could go um, to the trails there. You could come to the all trails. of that said, I, I will run it. There's no way I'm not running it. Like, fine, I'll do it. I've got six hours. It's no biggie. Um, but I'm not a virtual race person at all, but particularly in the in in the summer heat in Atlanta. But you're still going to do it, you say? I'm going to do it. No question okay. about it. I will do it. Um, and I will marshal some friends to help me and support me. And the, the hardest thing will be trying to find a way not to put time pressure on myself um, because I think that might make it extra miserable. Um, I will probably feel some sense of pressure like, okay, this is the Boston Marathon. I have to run it like it's the Boston Marathon. Um, so I'm going to have to do a lot of work this summer to get that out of my head. Hmm. Um, and I may have to go up to the mountains or something and find a stretch by a river with some cool air. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, that remains to be seen. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where I am about it right now. Um, I'm mostly just sad that my year is happening so far without a Boston at all. Um, and frankly, without a marathon. Um, I don't think I've had one of those since I started marathoning. So that's hard. Yeah. I had, I had a similar response on, on, on April 20th. I was also sad. Um, even though it didn't surprise me at all because I had already had Tokyo jerked out from under me. And so, so, yeah. so then, then having Boston, I was like, well, you know, here we go. And, 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 and so, so I, I wasn't surprised by that, even though I, I did, I was just sort of sad and it fit into the overall sadness of just my kids were at home for school and just all sorts of other things, you know? Um, and then, um, yeah, I, I, like you, I had not put my mind over here in here we are in early June I had not set my mind on like getting ready for a September 14th yet 
um, I had put my mind in getting Michelle ready for September 14th and, and, and the athletes that I coached, I, I put my mind to that. But for myself, I just hadn't really gotten there yet. Um, Eric, what about you? What, what, what was it like for you when it was canceled on, on April 20th? And then had you flipped over to September 14th yet? So I, I had, I had a good winter up, up until about January 1st um, when I pulled something uh, at the resolution run. And so the, the spring of 20 was wildly different than the spring of 19 in terms of nagging injuries and sort of time off and trying to get back in. And so I was, I was actually kind of relieved when, when they moved it, um, from a, from, from an ability to be able to perform at a level that I think I'm ultimately capable of. Mm -hmm. Um, I was relieved in that sense. Um, and so I had another race planned. I had a half Ironman that was planned for June. So for me, it was sort of an, it was sort of an easy switch. Let's focus to the 70.3 and just, you know, it's, it's been moved to September 14th. You know, maybe we'll have some nice weather in the Northeast. That could be a, you know, that could be a really good day. It could be sort of a cool day in Boston. Um, we might get some good weather. We might get some good weather instead of some, you know, torrential freezing downpour. And so, um, you know, marathon Monday just didn't, it didn't really resonate with me because I'm not, you know, I don't consider myself, you know, the, a marathoner in, in the term, in terms of, I don't have this crazy burning desire to run all six habit majors or run a marathon in every state like a friend of mine does or all these other things. Um, you know, yeah. This, this one was, this was a special marathon because we're working on it. Yeah, we're working on you, Eric. You'll, you'll come around. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. You're not run Boston. You're, you're run not Boston. Only, you're change your mind. <laughs> There's this thing about Boston where you have to earn your way in that I think is something very special, and mm -hmm. and that uh, doesn't sit lightly with me. And so, so to that end, when they announced the virtual race, I'm very disinterested in in a virtual in a virtual race. Um, not only for the reasons of not wanting to run a marathon in September um, because I did run a half marathon in September last year and it was miserable. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, and a half is not a fall. Right. <laughs> right. At, at, but also at the same time, um, I want to run Boston. You so know, are I you going to run the virtual I'll, race? If I run the virtual race, um, it's going to be in Boston. It's going to be me going, actually keeping my travel plans, assuming they don't shut stuff down. Yeah. We've and talked that, about this. <laughs> we talked about this. Um, you know, I've got a place downtown. Uh, I know that the road is a, is a, is a difficult one to navigate. The course is difficult to navigate without race support. So I sort of bounced around, you know, running around Boston and maybe starting at the start line, running halfway out and then finishing the course sort of running an out and back. Um, I thought about that and um, you know, that's about the only way I could probably consider running a virtual, a, a virtual Boston. Hmm. Um, we could, we may talk, get to talking about qualifying times, but you know, I'm at some point I'm kind of willing to roll the dice on, uh, um, on getting into 2021, even though I don't think my qualifying time will hold or stand up. Um, because the reality is if, if I were to, if I were to try, try to get in again, um, I could try again in 2021, um, for 2022 and get a five minute bonus 
for lack of a better description. Because you're aging up. Because I age up for the, I don't age up until after the 2021 Boston. So four weeks after I age up. Mm -hmm. And so I would have to run 2022. But um, for me, you know, to quote, get back into Boston, that's a much more, you know, that's a, that's a palatable uh, approach to me. Mm. It gives me time to do other things. It uh, gives me time to catch up on other races. Um, I'd actually like to do a full Ironman. So, you know, um, was, it didn't, it didn't quite hit me the way I think it hit um, some others. Mm. Mm. Michelle. Sure. So um, I'm definitely going to do the virtual marathon. I think there's no reason not to. Um, I don't know if I'll do it here. Uh, I also still have my travel plans for that weekend in Boston. I think Eric and I were talking about whether the city would, you know, ban people coming in, uh, running the course when it's not marathon Monday. I mean, there's just, there's not sidewalks. It's, I mean, I guess maybe you could do it, but um, there's plenty of other places I think you, you could get a 26 mile run in Boston and still kind of just get the feel of the city. It's also super enticing to me to just take it up on the trails, um, just go out there and spin it for 26 miles. So I don't know where it's going to happen. Um, assuming that I'm healthy and able to run 26 miles, I don't have any uh, time goal pressure at all. Just the mentality of, Oh, it's a marathon. I should go fast. I'm definitely just kind of in it for the long run. So I'm looking forward to that it's the only option. Um, I think that more than I actually want to participate in it, I think that I would feel super left out if I didn't participate in it. So, um, also they're going to send us a t-shirt and a medal. So you still get something, Mm -hmm. which I think is kind of a nice consolation. Um, I've said from the beginning, I didn't think the race would happen in September. I think they Mm -hmm. made the hard but correct decision. So I definitely, um, will hang around and hope that, my time goes in and I have about three minutes for the cutoff. Um, but like Eric, if my time doesn't hold for 2021, I do age up into, I think a master's for 2022. Right yeah. on. So, um, welcome I to the that. cool kids club. <laughs> Thanks guys. <laughs> I'm like the young one here. Um, so I get that five minute cushion and it's more than, I mean, I hope it's more than doable for me a year from now, but I don't really think there will be, any other opportunity this year to qualify for 2021, the only option seems to be to just use that time that's from September, 2018 or on. So um, I agree. the thing that actually concerns me the most is what we saw was the email that we saw from Big Sur, where they mm-hmm. said that California wouldn't hold any yeah. marathon or gathering of that size until either a vaccine was available or other therapeutic did they, what did it say? Yeah, it said other 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 therapeutic something, other sure. therapeutic treatment. Um, so I'm even. Yeah, I had I had that on my backup list too. Yeah, yeah me too. I'm even on the cusp of <laughs> you know, are we going to be back to world marathon majors in their uh, form by April of 2021? So mm-hmm. I think it'll just be interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, I think the Boston Athletic Association is doing a great job of you know giving us the information kind of once they decide, and I think people are being a little bit mean (laughs) or just impatient and you know they don't have all the details but I think at least they let us know like hey you don't have to train for Mm -hmm. a marathon uh from Hopkinton to Boston in September so that shuts training down for a lot of us yeah Uh, Yeah. and then we'll get as you said additional information when it becomes available so there's a lot of questions um yeah but rightfully so I I have so 
you know, initially when they, when they rescheduled it for September 14th, they said you can get a refund um, or, or you can run it on September 14th. Let us know which one you want to do. And I had actually submitted for a refund um, because that's the weekend um, of the, the Blue Ridge Relay, um, which I've done each of the last couple of years. Um, and I was looking forward to doing that and I'm committed to do that again this year. Um, and, uh, and so I wasn't planning on doing it. Now that they're talking about this virtual option. Yeah, you're all in that. <laughs> I, I, there's some, I mean, it might be because I've done so many dang virtual option or virtual things over the course of the last couple of months here since we've been in lockdown that suddenly like doing a virtual race to me seems really desirable. But, but I'm actually thinking about it now. Um, and I wouldn't have a lot of time pressure. I would find some place and go out and do something cool. I might try and like make something sort of um, interesting about it. Like maybe I do it on a track or something. I don't, that sounds terrible. So I wouldn't do it that. Interesting. But, 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 George, how, how are you going to do the Blue like Ridge Relay Miles plus the marathon yeah, see, miles? You got to do it all in one week. Yeah, see, I don't know. So, so, so what so I'm they, thinking they, they is you do us, one of your legs. They did give us that extra. They did yeah, they give us a full week. week. They did give us a full I'm thinking you you run a leg in the relay and then you just run just the next going. couple with your buddies because it's mostly flat, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Blue Ridge relay. Oh, yeah. As you can imagine, it's on the Blue Ridge. Parkway. I think it's no a perfect, it's a perfect place to do a marathon. You could be like, you could be half an ultra team there you or go. a quarter of an ultra team. There you go. I'll, I'll just, I'll just get my, my teammates just to, to, to pack it in for the last 26 miles of it. And I'll just run the whole rest of the way in. Yeah. Finish I mean, on the Blue Ridge Parkway. That kill, sounds kill great. Two birds with one stone. Dara. I think you've come up with a novel plan. Yeah. So, so I like, I, I like if where you're everyone else on the team gets injured. You have to finish. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I, and, and this is going to sound ridiculous too, but this shows how much I've changed as an athlete over the course of the past couple of years. If the t-shirt says virtual marathon, I'm, that's actually more appealing to me. I don't think the t-shirt is <laughs> going to say virtual marathon. I think, I think so. they are going to give out the participant shirts that we would have gotten at the expo if we choose to run the virtual marathon. I am, I am 99% certain that you are correct, as always. But still, it'd be cooler if it said virtual. So <laughs> just, um, You can write it on there with a the Sharpie. Uniqueness. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> something to denote the uniqueness of this year. Um, and I think that maybe that's the thing that is kind of appealing to me, is that, that this, this is sort of a unique situation. Um, and I think that appealed to some people when they switched it to the fall. They said, okay, it's the first ever fall Boston Marathon. That'll be kind of a cool thing you can tell your kids about one day. Um, and then uh, there's a part of me that wants to be like, oh, well, you know, the virtual Boston Marathon, other people are taking part in it. I kind of want to take part in that as well. Um, so, so, yeah, I haven't quite decided yet. I haven't quite decided yet. Hey, as long as we're talking about swag, Michelle, did you buy the jacket? Hey, hey, you know I did. Oh, wait, <laughs> I brought it. I brought it just so, so we you could all take a jacket. look. Nice. Yeah, so, so folks, here's the million dollar on, question. Tags on. If, you, if you're not watching on YouTube, folks, go ahead and hit pause on your Apple podcast and or on your Spotify. And, <laughs> oh. that's, a good, that's a good looking jacket, Dara. It's a Eric's pretty jacket. jacket. It goes with the Olympic closet, year. Right? Yeah. Right, yeah, Eric? The, the Olympic year is next year, though, Dara, but yeah. <laughs> I, well, you know, at the time, I'm, I did take a look to see if it has the date on it, and it only has the year. So do you wear it? If you run the virtual, do you get to wear the 2020 jacket? Yeah. Yes, you do. If you so, run the virtual, you get to wear the jacket. I think the better question is if you don't run the virtual, the virtual, do you get to wear it? No, no. you do not. <laughs> so the jacket, it's like if you get a medal. Did you get a medal? It's not? Yeah. Oh. It's gone. So I, I had oh. positioned my jacket with that logo in the back. As motivation, walk in the right? closet. That was my motivation. Every time I walk in the closet, Boston Marathon 2020, Boston, every, like every day I see that thing. 
and um, yesterday I put it up. Oh, Eric, that is such a downer. That is so sad. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't sad. know. I think I think it represents. I think it's a it, it's a shift in it's a shift in mindset. It for is. Me. So um, so so. You said you have no interest in running the virtual thing, but are you are you going to do twenty six point two miles somewhere in that week of of September fourteenth and and pull your jacket back out and maybe wear it a little bit over the winter, and, and maybe um, wear it when you're trying to qualify again for your next Boston Marathon, which you'll actually get to run in Boston. Yeah, I've 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 already got at least one person that's been texting me on a regular basis that said that sort of had the same reaction you guys did when I said I'm not running, not interested in the virtual. So um, I'm not going to say no because then I don't want to be you know, held accountable for that no in September when it does roll around. But how do you um, feel about a simulated course on a treadmill? The treadmill awful, Dara. Well, but you Dara. know they have where you, you have the exact Boston sim, you have the Boston simulation. I could not. Yeah. I can't. Well, I, I mean, there's the, treadmill. the Boston. But right, treadmill. like you, you do it like do precisely. It, it would be a great training an, run. I think that's an awesome idea that you should do. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not for me. I'm lucky if I can get an hour on the treadmill before <laughs> yeah. I'm just. I don't like the treadmill. Do Although it, summer heat, it. it's possible I would even consider some of it. Um, I do actually think that Atlanta track club or there will be some type of movement in Atlanta. Um, I do think we'll see maybe one or two, maybe even three different opportunities for groups of people to meet and knock out the 26.2 together. I mean, I've already seen a Facebook group form for qualifiers from the Metro Atlanta area who want to run the virtual race. So thanks for the invite. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) You didn't invite me either. I probably didn't join unless somebody invited. I just, just because I found it. I want to know where they're going to run it. Um, Yeah. So, you know, that might be also an interesting option just to have the camaraderie. uh, And maybe some aid stations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Aid stations sound great. (laughs) I mean, I I smell an ITL supported. (laughs) I think think it'd be a great idea. I think it'd be a great idea, but we have to see kind of what the situation is coronavirus wise come September. You know, can um, we finish on the track, George? I'd really so, appreciate that. So you think so? Like the Jacksonville Marathon finished on the track? Like Western States? I want like a lap around the, the stadium. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Very like the Olympics. What am I talking about? Like <laughs> yeah, the Olympic Games tend to finish on the track. I, the I, Lakeside I like High School that. track. <laughs> so <laughs> perfect. <laughs> the, the, the Cheney Stadium track, the warm up track for the uh, for the Olympic Games. Let's. Uh, yeah. But see, now you're actually. That's a good idea. I, I see a plan coming together. I like it. I feel a plan coming together. The problem so. with Cheney Stadium is it means that you have to run all the hills that are around it, and Truth. that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> that applies Truth. to Lakeside as well. I think yeah. we should just go to Western North Carolina and get on the trails and knock it oh, out. Oh, yeah, because there's no hills in Western North Carolina. But it's beautiful. It is, <laughs> and it'll be a little bit cooler up there where Zap Fitness is, so, yeah. so, and, and, and Dara certainly has connections with them as well. So Yeah, we'll Dara, you could get us I, I may have had that all conversation. all go to Zap for the weekend. You may have had that conversation already. <laughs> I may have had that conversation. Right, there may yeah. be a flat stretch of river somewhere, somewhere nearby. <laughs> there might be. There may or may not. Let, let's, An let's undisclosed talk, so location. Let's, let's talk real quick about, about 2021. So, so, um, ver- so one, one of the reasons why, why we brought this particular crew together, too, um, is, is because, uh, Michelle and Eric, y'all were sweating whether you were going to get in. I was confident that Michelle was going to get in. I was slightly less confident that, that, that Eric was going to get in, but, but, I, but I, but I had good feelings about it and both of y'all got in. Right. Um, that prediction changed monthly. If I remember correctly, <laughs> <So> summer <laughs> months went on, you should be fine. Not you should true. be fine with two minutes. And then by about the time, like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, hold up. 
No, I, I, I felt good throughout. That's that's not that's not the way I remember. How I much remember cushion being, was there? I remember being supremely confident. So so Eric had about a minute and a you half. You lost so much of your confidence as the days got closer to the days that they kept <laughs> no, closing no. registration. Freud called that projection. You lost <laughs> your confidence. I did not lose my confidence. Um, you lost your confidence, and you're just trying to say that I did. I did not. So I felt okay. I continued to feel Whatever. confident as we got closer and closer. Eric's Eric's was closer. Eric, you had what, like two, a like a minute and thirty eight seconds, something like that, right? So two, I had two o three. Two o three. I was two, okay. I was two o three under, and okay. so when it came in at one thirty nine, okay. I remember telling That's you that's why one thirty nine like, was in my head. Okay, like yeah, yeah, like wow, twenty four seconds, and you mm-hmm. you said something that I sort of remember that I thought was kind of fun. He's like, you can't do that. You said yeah, you can't do that to yourself. It's a pass fail exam. You're in totally. Yeah, it's a baseball <laughs> situation. Because if you try to think yeah. about how you could blow twenty four seconds in a marathon, that's easy. Yeah, mm-hmm. super yeah. easy. Yeah. Less than a second per mile, one bathroom stop. Yep. But you Just didn't need to worry about that because you were in. I mean, were it only took Shalane cer- 13 seconds to go to the bathroom in the Boston Sorry, Marathon. She could have stopped so twice. <laughs> it, it, it only took Marty Heher, what, 20 seconds, 17 seconds oh, to yeah, go in the Olympic great. trials? So, right. so yeah, yeah. Um, but but um, Dara, um, when she introduced herself, she didn't go into this, and that's fine. Dara, Dara you won't have much of a problem for requalifying for 2020. Dara is what we call no. fast. Yeah, I'm one of those awful <laughs> um, people. I'm I'm old, <laughs> and uh, so so I get a decent I get a decent time to shoot for, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty well under. I usually um, register in the first wave mm-hmm. or the first whatever it is. But Actually, I will you know note that's a good way of saying it. A first wave registrant. So I'm a, I'm a first wave registrant. I will so, note, however, that it is rumored that if you are a ten year plus streaker, you automatically get in with a qualifying time. That's hmm. great. So. I'm on the cusp of that. Let's see if my virtual race counts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I am also a first wave registrant. Um, and so I've actually, and I don't, I don't have a streak going or anything like that. I've actually decided I'm not going to, to try and register for next year uh, for 2021, mm-hmm. just because I, I personally don't think that, that it's going to be any more difficult to get in in 2021 than it is any other year. And we can talk about that in oh, a second. God. Here we go. Um, this is but, so but, what I know, I I don't, and we'll talk about there's that. Um, but 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 I, people but I also, already qualified. So there's 28,000 people already qualified at this point of the year. Any other time, anyway, that doesn't mean 28,000 people are going to sign up. But we'll talk about it. So I'm not going to because I, I would rather the spot that I would be taking up go to Eric or Michelle or somebody else like that. Um, Eric, you already said you're probably going to wait until 2021 and try and qualify for 2022 when you have a more generous qualifying standard. No, I'll roll. I'll roll the dice and I'll I'll reapply in, okay. uh, for 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see if the two, two Oh three under holds up. I don't, I don't think it will. Uh, I think we're over, I think we're looking at over, th- over three minutes, mm-hmm. but are you, are you going to be biting your nails as much as you were before the announcement this year? Or, or are you going to be a little bit more chill? No, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be way more chill about it because ultimately now that I have a plan, you know, we're a couple, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's only one more year before I get my extra five minutes Mm-hmm. And and I feel pretty good about where I am as a runner. That um, I actually probably feel better. I feel a little better having qualified with two minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that for two years, I think I could probably hold something close to that time mm-hmm. and be in the second wave at mm-hmm. at more than five minutes under, mm-hmm. assuming they don't move qualifying time in the next two years. I feel like I could probably wait until I turn fifty and. Um, and be in the second, be in the second wave. And so that's, that's, so 
that's probably where my head is more so than you guys say, Oh, that's sad. Or, you know, you're apathetic about it. So it's, it's more of a sort of a long-term, you know, plan to actually get in and, and really run the course because I don't, you know, with the exception of a few of the local races we do here in Atlanta, I don't like in particular to go to the same course and run the same thing over and over again. So there's so many different races in so many different places um, that for, for me, um, you know, I don't want to go, you know, as much as I'd like to redeem myself from my 70.3 in Augusta, my first one that I thought was dreadful. Um, I'm going to let that one live where it is and not go back there. Had a really good uh, race in Wilmington. I don't want to try to go back and repeat there, you know, and we'll let that one live where it is. And so for me, there's something special about running that race on that course and earning the spot that I really want to, I really want to do it. Uh, not, vir not virtually. Mm -hmm. And so the jacket, you know, I think even if I ran the virtual race, that's going to be a weird jacket for me to wear. It's going to, it's going to remind me a lot about this year and, and whether that's good or bad, I haven't decided yet, but um, you know, I'm also not, not beyond putting a red mark through it, you know, finding someone to embroider whatever year I do get in. <laughs> right. So I get in 2022. I'll just, I'll just change, I'll just change the jacket and it'll be a cool jacket because it'll have a stripe through it and a two. And so you totally be... will not do that. You will buy the 2022 jacket. Or you and I will buy it for him. Okay, yeah. <laughs> We're not going to allow We're not allowing that. Oh, come on. That so would be a one-off one jacket. I mean, if, if I run the virtual one, will you give me the jacket? I mean, can I buy it from you? <laughs> yeah. Fresh jacket, dude. Yeah. I like the design. I don't always like the jackets. I like that jacket, that red, white, and blue thing. Why didn't you order the jacket? Bad. I showed you it was 50% off. I don't know. Is I'm that... just, for me, like I buying jackets so warehouse. far ahead of time, I just, that's, that's kind of against the family rules. And I was stung when I bought like all this stuff at the Chicago Expo in 2017 and then ran like garbage. And so, <laughs> so yeah, I, I tend not to, I tend to always not buy the gear beforehand and then always wish I had more gear afterwards. I know a place where you can get one maybe um, and me not have to give mine up. We can talk about that later. Oh, all right. Eric's yeah. I think there's up. still some on running warehouse too. Oh, good to know. I'm talking all locally. Right. All right. Oh. Good to know. Uh, Michelle, um, 2021, you're going to be sure. more chill. I'm all in. Um, I think that if my time doesn't hold up, then I'll definitely be disappointed that I don't get to participate and run assuming the races run as it usually would be in April, 2021. Um, I'm not going to be devastated because it's completely out of my control. And um, I'll just regroup and figure out another race to run. Hopefully sometime next year, that'll get me um, good and qualified for 2022. So before April 20, 2002 or in, sorry, 2022, um, mm -hmm. hopefully I'll have run it again. So we'll, Will you, when they're getting ready to announce who has qualified and who has not qualified or the cutoff qualification for the April 2021 race, assuming that it happens, which by the way, the, the head of the BAA said one of the reasons why they didn't offer deferrals is because they're not really sure what's going to happen with uh, right. in 2021. And they don't know even what the field size might be. Um, right. So. See, and that's another thing too, by the way, is I think they'll make the field size bigger, but we'll get to that in a second. Or smaller. So are, are, are you going to wait and be biting your nails, worried about it, or are you going to be more chill this time? 
The only thing I wasn't biting my nails worried about it. You it frustrated me that you were <laughs> that you were so certain that we were all getting in, so to speak. So you just said you like certainty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um I'll be with everybody else, just waiting. Um, I think everybody will be a little bit on edge, you know. If not, then there's other races. Um, there is something about just going back to Boston and running it one more time that is sort of some type of finale for me. I, there's a bunch of other stuff I want to do, longer distances, and I seem to have a really hard time with, you know, run an ultra in January and then regroup for a marathon in April. And I just kind of want to leave the road marathon behind for a little while, but I don't feel like I can do it till I get one more go in Boston. Yeah. Um, this is all in my head. It's just something I've created. There's nobody or nothing actually telling me it has to look like this, but I just know that the way that I train and the way that I focus on stuff um, and with work and my family, that works mm -hmm. best for me. So yeah. yeah, I definitely hope to be there in 2021, but if it's a cutoff and it's more than three minutes, then I will be left behind and I will figure out another way to get back in 2022. Let's talk about our predictions then for 2021. So um, possibilities. So as, as Michelle alluded to just a minute ago, the Big Sur Marathon, uh, which is usually one to two weeks after the Boston Marathon, um, uh, originally had put itself off until November 15th, basically mid-November. Um, and then they sent out an email to all the registered participants this week that said, um, we're actually going ahead and canceling the marathon now. Um, and they cited as the reason why they're canceling the marathon is because the state of California um, is not going to be in a phase of reopening in which they will allow mass participation events until there is what they said, a vaccine or other therapeutic measures. Um, and so that really stood out to me because I was like, wow, California is not going to open up to mass participation events until there's a vaccine. And that's a pretty high standard. And that's not right around the corner. Um, and so, so um that coupled with with the, the 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 Boston the BAA president saying, uh, well, we didn't want to give deferrals because we don't really know what next year is going to look like. Plus, Tokyo, you know, only a couple of weeks ago, sent us an email and said, hey, yeah, you know how we said we'd let you defer to 2021? We're still kind of thinking that over. So give us a couple more months to think about it, which suggests that they're not really confident that something's going to happen in 2021 as well. So you kind of put all those things together and and I'm wondering what 2021 is going to look like and, and whether it's going to happen. So predictions on 2021, is it going to happen? Will they make the field larger in order to accommodate more people? Is the, there's people that are talking about how the qualifying standard is going to be so impossible. It's gonna be like 10 minutes under because, because there's going to be so many more applicants plus all the 2020 people. What do y'all think? Dara, you're the one with the, with the longest view <laughs> of the Boston marathon, given this was, was to be your 10th. What do you think? Yeah. Um, I don't think the field is getting bigger. I think it's possible it gets smaller. I think it's possible, I don't know exactly how they do this because they always say they can't, but maybe they move the start time up and try to put more corrals out there so they can mm -hmm. stretch the field, space the field a little better. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think there's going to be this huge wave of registrants because no one's got qualifiers. So let's say the qualifying window for 2021 is the normal window all those races didn't happen, mm -hmm. right? Aren't we missing? A, I mean, I'm not, I'm not Michelle. I'm not an accountant. I can't do math at all, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure most of the races in which people would qualify didn't happen. So you've got the people with old qualifying times, but they didn't say they're going to extend everyone's qualifying times right. only that they're going to extend the qualifying times of the people that were registered. So 
I don't know where that field comes from, even if there's demand for it, unless they really make some adjustments to how they let people in. Um, and I think, you know, if we're uncertain about mass races, maybe it behooves them to say, sorry, that there weren't any marathons to run, but we're not, we're not opening it up. We're just going to run what we've got. Um, my other thought was, and, you know, y'all probably know much better than I do, but why not run elite fields exclusively? Like, why not run the elites? Like, you know, that's not in the, even this I mean, year. that's not like in the spirit of the Boston Marathon. Like, I can see New York running an elite field. I can see every other world marathon major running just an elite field. But I don't see the Boston Athletic Association um, ever wanting just an elite field for the marathon. Um, I, I, I would, I, I think that's true. Um, I, I would also add that, that in addition to the, the, health, the public health concerns for the participants, there's also public health concerns for the crowd. And so yep. if, you, if you were to run an elite only marathon, who's to say that you wouldn't get thousands, a if not a million people to come out to actually watch. Um, and then yep. that creates a public health problem for all of the spectators. So that's one thing. The other thing is, is, is the juice worth the squeeze for a, a, a 500 person race? I mean, the, yeah. the logistics of, of shutting down Boston or New York for that matter, um, that's just massive and it's costly. And is it worth it for 500 people? Yeah. I, yeah I but those guys are done way faster than the rest of us. So. <laughs> 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 all right. But so I also have a quick question for Michelle and Eric. So you take your qualifying time for 2021. Why not take a charity spot? You're qualified. Why do you have to get in under the cushion? So What's it's interesting. I think there is, um, there are no charities that have actually come out and said what they are going to do for the charity runners that um, had a place for 2020. I think most people are under the impression that the money that was raised for 2020 was raised. It's been given to the charity. It's a done deal and it's not going to push forward to 2021. So um, it could be that the charities just open up for 2021 to maybe they give priority registration to the 2020 charity runners, but they still have to refund raise, which would still leave some spots. I mean, I feel like there's always somebody that knows somebody and one extra charity spot that you could find. Um, I personally have no desire to run for a charity. And I think this is a great question, Derek, because we were on a Zoom call this morning with um, another ITL member and she had a charity spot. And for her, it was all about raising money um, for the organization and that was the meaningful part for her. It wasn't really about running a fast time or um, running Boston as much as it was supporting the charity. And, and I personally don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't it's feel okay. that when that. it comes yeah. to what, like, I don't know how to say it in a nice way. I mean, there's no, amazing I, I think, I think you're, charities I think out fine. there, but yeah. I don't have the, like the emotional component mm -hmm. of, I don't want to take it. I don't, I don't feel like I could go out there and, fundraise and ask people for money for something that I don't believe in to that degree because for me it's more of like a personal competitive pursuit um, of my why own. Why are they mutually so. exclusive? Well, They're I, not. I, I just created, I created right. that myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying because they are, you have, not at all. If you, if you have a qualifying time, they will seed you in the right 100%. spot to start the race. Right. Um, I, I guess for me, like and this is people for money. That's right. The, yeah. That's, story. that's a different so, issue is just the non-desire to raise money. 100%, but there are a lot of people who just yeah. won't take a charity spot. They want to register and get in on their own. And right. I guess my point is, is if you have a qualifying time, I don't see the difference. And I'll just, my soapbox on all of this is I think every runner who runs a marathon should run in the Boston marathon. 
it is the most magical and special thing. And I don't care how you get in, you should get in and run it just to, just to do it. Um, and so, yeah, if you take particular pride in running it, great. But if you get in by raising money and doing that work, you still get the experience of running the Boston Marathon. And I think if you're someone who loves marathons, that's worth it. That's worth the pain of, you know, whatever it was, the training, the raising money, whatever it is. And so I, I always like to put that plug out there for people who say, I can't qualify. I can't requalify. I'm not going to get in, you know, I guess me, I'm also confident getting that on that course is special. Yeah, you can. I'm and, sure you can. And if I have to wait another year, I mean, if I, I don't know, if I look at everything going on around us, I mean, Boston is the pinnacle of, you know, marathoning, especially in America. But I think this whole COVID-19 situation has put a lot of other stuff in perspective. And if it's wait one more year because I have a time and there's, you know, there's no way to make it faster because there's no races because we're in the middle of the pandemic, then I'm okay with that. Um, and I will be disappointed. And I'm, and I feel like it's okay to be, to feel both of those things, uh, the Absolutely. disappointment, but also the yep. nothing I could do about it. So yeah, makes yeah. sense. No, I, I, you know, as, as far as competing emotions go, I was talking about this with my wife uh, just at dinner just a little while ago, that, that I think it's perfectly fine to be simultaneously thinking that this was the right decision and wow, I'm really disappointed. Um, I, I don't think that those two things are, are mutually exclusive. Um, so sure. um, Eric, Dara posed the same question. So just going to put sure. it out to you too. So I have run a marathon for charity. Uh, I raised, uh, I ra I fundraised from Marine Corps Marathon in, in 2018. Um, and that was a, that was a, it was special to be able to do that. Um, I didn't have a, I didn't have a problem. You know, it wasn't hard asking for money or trying to bring awareness to inclusion um, because I was doing it with Cal Peace Foundation. And, uh, you know, when you believe in something and, and, and you show passion for it, people, people will get behind you. You know, people, people want to see, see that. So I don't, I don't think it would be difficult to fundraise. Um, it's work, um, but it can also be fun. There are creative things, creative ways to do it. Um, but see that word creative. I mean, that just shut my whole thing <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, You have to get creative. I'm that's a great reason why so, I just so could not. The architect <laughs> says to the CPA, <laughs> there are creative ways to fundraise. <laughs> there are tons of ways to solve this problem. It's, you know, it's not all. Not the way I like to solve problems. <laughs> yeah. I might like to bend the rules sometimes um, and follow them at the same time. Uh, but I, I think I've also got a, a, a bit of confidence that I could, I could requalify. Um, and, and maybe somewhere in the back of my mind, I think if, 2021 doesn't happen are they going to need qualify you know what are they going to do for the people in 2020 are they going to expand the qualifying window now to to three years and if they do that does that mean that my qualifying time counts for the new age group bump right right so i may i may have a i don't know maybe maybe that happens or maybe they say look you weren't that old when you ran it you got to qualify in that You're time old now. frame. You're old now, but we're going to use your other qualifiers. So they've got some, but in terms of, of, they've got to solve that problem, right? If they do expand that window. And in fact, that's a problem they've got to solve now. Yeah, for that is a current problem. qualified for, last year. Right. For people, yeah, for people who qualified for 2021 that age up this year. Right. They've got to figure out what that means for, for those qualifying times. And so to, to me, that that's a, that's a factor that they haven't addressed, uh, at least not openly. And so that, 
that says to me that if they do that and allow, allow people to age up, that's going to significantly change the number of, of first and second wave qualifying times. And so for me, that tends to, you know, as much as I think that might help me for 2022, if that happens, um, I think, I think there's a factor there that sort of balances out with, you know, the people who did run races uh, between September and February and the other people that race before they're going to want to re-register. So, I mean, you know, I, th I think we're looking at something, something well over, I'm going to call, I've, I've been calling it as over three minutes. I think we're looking at three, three to four minutes under. So that's going to put Michelle on the wire and that's going to put me, it's going to put me out. And but I could, surprise, I, could, I could be surprised, you know, I don't know. I don't know, but um, I'm not going to worry about it too much right now. All right. Very good. Final thoughts. We got to, we got to wrap it up because y'all have been super generous with your time and we appreciate it here. Uh, Michelle, give us your final thoughts. Um, Things that we final... haven't talked about. <laughs> I guess I'm left with, two questions that I think are a little bit unresolved. It says that the qualifying window is going to be from September, 2018, you know, until the current window would close. Um, it's also a little bit kind of in grayscale that it's for registered participants, but the window, does that mean that you can only resubmit the qualification time if you were accepted to 2020 Boston Marathon? Or there are parts of it that make it look like they're just going to reopen the window for anybody that has a qualifying time, which would mean that if the cutoff, if we're all wrong and the cutoff is less um, than the one minute and 39 seconds that it was for this year, then, you know, all the people that might have not gotten in for 2020 could possibly get in for 2021. Um, so that's kind of the big question. And then the other question, which I think we talked about right before we got on YouTube, um, was if you take the refund for the September 14th race, is it a separate registration fee for the virtual run? And I've really seen it go both ways um, and haven't seen kind of a final guidance on what that looks like. So well, the, the, um, so the, the refund, so the, the refunds, if you requested a refund for the September 14th race, they never processed them. Right. So, but so, Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was, I was going to say, so, so my understanding was that, that, I now would have to ask for the refund or I'm going to have to ask for the refund rather than saying, Oh yeah, just shift it over to the virtual race. Right. Um, but if we all ask for a refund, then what I've read says that it's a separate registration for the virtual race, meaning so, so, we'll get our $200 or 180, whatever refunded back. And then maybe it's going to cost 75 to run the virtual and they're right. not going to do a differential. Um, it's not going to be the full race fee just transferred to the virtual. So, but again, you know, this is a lot of speculation. BAA hasn't actually said anything. So, but really I'm just looking forward to hopefully a summer of um, running, feeling good and be ready to go for 26 miles in September, which I think for all of us here should be doable. Um, maybe not our fastest 26 miles, but I'm excited to <laughs> see what that looks like for everyone to complain about running a marathon in Atlanta in September, if we, any of us run it here. So. Yeah. <laughs> right on, right on. Dara, last thoughts. Oh, I don't know. I think I've said enough. <laughs> <laughs> Dara, That's why we brought you on. I'll just, I'll just hold this jacket up so everyone <laughs> take another look at it when they think about what they want to do in early September. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, tell us this. So, so since, we're, since you held up the jacket again and, and you plugged people going to YouTube, tell us about what's on, on your wall behind you. 
On my wall behind me um, are the magazine cover front and back from, I think it's the Boston Magazine. It was. And I don't actually know what that is, if, if it's an insert to the paper, if it's a freestanding magazine. Um, but this is the publication that ran um, right after the 2013 bombings. Mm. Um, and these are all shoes that ran in the race. And on the front, they're laces up. And on the back cover, so the front is the one that says Boston. On the back cover, they're all soles up. Um, and in the middle of the one that says Boston, it says, we will finish the race. Right on. Very cool. They had a special order for, you could order the poster size of yeah. the magazine cover. So um, I actually have the same framed poster downstairs <laughs> behind my treadmill. So it's actually Darren and I have everything poster. from right. Boston 2013. <laughs> I have like all she said, the stuff. You you, I have Michelle all thought, the stuff. Dara had a fangirl correctly. And by the way, Dara, <laughs> really I'll, I'll add this as a final thought. You, your name has come up on this podcast before. Um, because as you might recall, Rochelle Kuramoto, who is your friend also, um, we, uh, we interviewed her on this uh, podcast last year talking about a race report and she was yeah. originally planned to run Boston in 2018. Um, things didn't go well. Um, and she ended up having to pull out and then you pulled a few strings with, uh, uh, some of your intense connections at Big Sur and were able to get her a number for Big Sur. And so she was able to, yep. to redeem herself a little bit in April of 2018. So, yeah. Right yeah, on. that was amazing. Poor thing had to run in Boston 2018. So not ideal. But uh, yeah, um, Big Sur has twice been redemption for me. I ran Big Sur the first time 2013, mm -hmm. um, two weeks after the bombing, and it was mm -hmm. really emotional. And luckily enough, I ran it again in Michelle, what year was that 19? Or 18? 18? Um, <laughs> the rainy year. Um, so not ran again year. in 18. Yeah, 18. So, no, yeah. yeah, in 18. So again, redemption from the rain. So uh, Big Sur, also really, really special race. Highly recommend anyone run it. Right on. I've never heard anybody that's run Big Sur that didn't talk about how great it was. So, so yeah, it, yeah. it was when they when they moved to to November, they said this might have been, mean that we end up having a few more spots. We'll let you know in August. And so I had I had put a note on my calendar in August, um, and then of course they canceled. Um, Eric, yeah. final words. Yeah. So <clears throat> my summer uh, 70.3 got moved. It actually got canceled. It was I was supposed to do Coeur d'Alene. Um, I didn't realize that that's a full next year and they don't have a half, so I can't just defer to next year. And so I wasn't super interested in doing Or you could do a full next year. You said you wanted to do a full Ironman. I want to do Coeur a full. Lane's a great one, man. That was my second Ironman. I did it in 2012. Um, and so I deferred to actually Indian Wells on December 6th with the thought that maybe by then, you know, we'll be able, we'll either be in a full second wave and it'll get canceled or, you know, I'll go out there and, and I'll have a race. So I've, I've got us, I've got a, I've got a race to look forward to. Um, but, but quite honestly, I'm, I'm just, I'm just happy to be able to get outside and ride my bike again. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a whole separate story, but just being able to be outside on the bike and not just on my balcony or not, not on the, not on the trainer is, uh, bringing me joy in, in the theme of some of your more, more recent <laughs> events. So I want to end that on a positive note. Right on, right on. I appreciate that. Dara, Eric, thanks for being with us on the Most Pleasant Exhaustion podcast, sharing your feelings, your insights. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for, ha thanks for having us. Michelle, as always, I appreciate you being here. It's great, George. Thanks, everybody, for listening. That'll do it for another edition of the Most Pleasant Exhaustion podcast. We appreciate you joining us. 
You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pleasantpodcast. You can find us on Twitter at pleasantpodcast. You can find us on Instagram, Most Pleasant Exhaustion. And you can always download our podcast from Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, ITL Coaching and Performance at itlcoaching.com, on Twitter at itlcoaching, at Facebook, facebook.com slash itlcoachingandperformance, and on Instagram, itlcoaching. You can check out Blue Pineapple Travel at bluepineappletravel.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash bluepineappletravel, or on Instagram, bluepineappletravel. And finally, SlayerX. You can find them at SlayerX.com on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Here4SlayerX. That's the number four, Here4SlayerX. On Instagram at Here4SlayerX. Again, the number four. And on Twitter at OfficialSlayRX. Don't forget the discount code PLEASANT2020. On behalf of Patrick Ollinger and Michelle Frank, this is George Darden. We appreciate you joining us on the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast.